you dumb, beautiful fucker. Who wants to be in America's slash fit with Abraham Lincoln? Louisiana Purchase, that's a name. You need to really get off my balls, okay? I'm gonna kick your ass. Also, why was Michelangelo so stinky? Ew. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 226 of Y'all Can Hear Podcast. I'll be your hoist. 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 You hoist. I, I'll hoist you to the rafters. I'll be your host today, Patrick. And joining me today is my co-host. Is, I'm here, I'm Jonathan. It's Jonathan. It's just uh, the gruesome twosome today. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I don't know what about that just made me violently ill. Like, yeah, we're uh, we're, we're two, everybody's favorite muck monsters. I'm a pile of goo, and you're another pile of goo. We're goopy. Yep. We're, I, I, you know what? I'm gooped. Yeah, I, you know what? After this, like past like couple years, I, I, I think Ava had it right. I want to turn into Tank now, please. Yeah, I, I feel like you know hashtag return to monkey overblown. That was hashtag return to goop. I, I wanted to return to goop. God, I'm just imagining like the end of Evangelion, but instead of that giant naked ray, it's just a giant orangutan scooping up a handful of tang. <laughs> God. <laughs> but it's like photorealistic too, so it's even more uncanny. <laughs> yeah, like everything else is still traditionally anime, but that monkey is fucking real. Like it's rotoscoped. Yes. Like I'm talking like Rankin and Bass level. <laughs> uh, uh, fuck Rankin and Bass. We're getting to like Ralph Bakshi level. <laughs> A fucking rotoscoped. Oh, that'd be a good bit. What if we got Rankin Bass to remake, reanimate into Vangelion? What would that have been like? Uh, it would be significantly uglier. I can tell you that. <laughs> can you? And, and, and not just like I like this isn't even like a pejorative against Rankin Bass. This is just kind of one of those objective things. Yeah, where like they like all their character models are just some of the butt fucking ugliest. And and really lumpy. Like, why the fuck are they so lumpy? Yeah, it's like someone like put someone in a sack, filled the sack with bees, slung them around. Yes, a hundred percent. And it, it's not so bad with the stop motion shit, right? Because I yeah. mean, you're literally just. I feel like that's like you know, I would say pretty nice looking. Yeah, with, that, that, with the character I, design. I think those, that's why those are remembered so well. But cult favorite, the, their ho- version of the Hobbit. I forgot how fucking just butt fucking ugly everyone in that movie is. And it didn't help either that I was zooted as fuck while watching it. And I'm like, this is the wrong thing to watch while like zooted into like the stratosphere. All right. Because every one of these fuckers look like somebody's paralysis demon. With like like their weird noses and and like. I wouldn't even say paralysis demon because that implies that i would be scared of them <laughs> I, it's just like his like these little fucking dwarves 
Like one looks like the fucking aliens from Crystal Skull. His with his four head times is, forehead. Yeah, with his fucking elongated head. And because you know it, uh, you know it's a very limited animation. So you, you kind of have to repeat them. It just like change the colors every so often because there's 13 dwarves and a lot of them sound like their names are like alliterative and rhyme and shit. Yeah. So it's just like it would make sense for you to kind of like copy paste, but like, oh, this one's like cyan and this one is like seafoam green and yeah, this there's one's like, yellow. There's definitely some, some palette swaps, redecos. Like here's a Horkin and Borkin and they're just like exactly the same as that one, just like a different color red. Yeah. And, and like. <laughs> There's two of them in particular that just have these elongated, like, Kiati Mundi heads. <laughs> like, I imagine, like, fucking oh, George Lucas just took, like, a big hit, just like. Alright, you see those dwarves? I want to make a Jedi like that. Yup. And, and they're like, uh, Mr. Lucas, I don't know if that, I just shut the fuck up, I'm paying y'all. I'm the boss-ass bitch around here. <laughs> it just claps him across the face. God, Did I, I tell you I modeled the uh, Empire off of America? Yep. And the Rebels off the Viet Cong? That is a direct quote No, from yeah, George I believe Lucas. It. Yeah, because... Uh, Comrade George. Yep. We salute you. Even though I cannot look you in the face anymore, because I've seen sexy versions of you, and it's not fun just imagine like like a woman with just like big honking knockers <laughs> but like but but like has like a fake beard and is like dressed up like george luke it is uncanny <laughs> pants and it's like plaid shirt yes God. honestly hold on i think i have that saved somewhere. oh jesus why you think do that i'm just thinking like god the idea of of like a ranking bass and venga can i imagine like all the evas just look like hunts over goblins it's like but but not like cool goblins like goblins that you would like in the ranking bass movies where they're also short and lumpy but kind of just look like boars too kind of yeah weird. like whatever you think a fancy character looks like in the in the common visual vernacular it's like we that ranking master took that said no 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 we're doing something completely different going off trail here god and like <laughs> i'm just imagining like gendo is just like really portly and just like it was like really long, skinny fingers. Yes. Just like, oh! God. I could have swore I saved this. Or I might have deleted it because it was just <laughs> uncanny. As, hold on. You're like, I, I don't need this sort of evil imagery on my phone. Like, I, oh, oh, I found it. Oh, I fucking geez. found it. God damn it. Who asked for this? <laughs> I don't know. It's like the uh, that fucking TikTok format that's just like god gave me these hands and to do great gifts what i'll do with this you'll just have to wait and see and it's usually like the most like cursed shit like <laughs> fucking like mr crabs and like a bikini and hooker boots <laughs> mr crabs is a thick bit <laughs> like when that meme was going around mm-hmm God, you saying TikTok, that reminds me, last week had a hell of a start for me. When I'm just, you know, just in, after a long day, I'm just scrolling through our Twitter DM chat, and all of a sudden 
Cody just and Tanner just throw out something and it takes me by complete surprise. It's like, Pat, do you know this person? How do you know this oh, person? Oh fuck! Oh fuck! I it, I was like. Where I where the fuck is he going with this? And then I was like, oh shit, I remember this now. And I'm just like, how how do you have this picture? Because it was a picture of my cousin. He's a cousin by marriage, and like, yeah, Pat, don't you realize that your cousin is like hella famous on TikTok? Like how how many fucking followers he had? Like sixty five hundred. Yeah, he, had, he or, had over one hundred and one hundred sixty seven thousand followers on TikTok. Jesus Christ! I'm just like, what the fuck? Because, like, of course I know him. Like, I'm not super close to that side of the family. And then just all of a sudden, he's, like, an influencer. Like, he has a fucking merch shop. And, like, his whole gimmick is that he's this left-leaning redneck. Yeah. Which I'm just like, what? (laughs) Which, that is a subgenre of leftist political content online. Just, like, these redneck-as-fuck cishet white guys who are just, like, you know what's fucked up? Republicans. <laughs> and it is is great. And they usually, and it's usually a put on, but that, they'll just be talking like this down and down here. And it's like, man, what are they doing up in fucking Washington right now with this Capitol riot shit, man? Fuck this shit. Yeah, like. <laughs> they get it, dude. Yeah, like, he and based as hell. But I'm just like, it just took me by complete surprise because, like I said, I don't know that side of family just super well. We don't just really hang out a lot. So I'm just like, what do I do with information? Yeah. Now? And also, like, the fucking, like, there's, like, politics around, like, the, the, our fucking hometown Dollar General or some shit. Yeah. Like, that, uh, like, that, he was, like, taking down this lady who said, like, the reason why the, Freezers at this Dollar General and 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 like our backwoods school town was out because of like some circuitous terrorist plot. Like the fucking Taliban was involved. It, like it is some like detached from reality QAnon bullshit. Like I, I do not get it, but like he's just like y'all. None of none of us are important enough for this shit. And I wish, like, these conspiracy theorists who come up with these elaborate, circuitous, just intricate levels of, like, fucking corruption upon layers and layers of, I don't know, whatever they're on, like, satanic pedophilia or something. You know, it's not fucking coherent. But if they just, like, take a step back and just be like, whose interest is this in? Like... Like, what, like is what, the, what is these people's, like, interests that they want to, like, kill virgins and bathe in their blood to attain immortality and then turn the entirety of the human race into fucking Tang? I don't know, like, what the fuck they think, but it's... I think it's just to, like, if they think that someone is in control, it makes them more comfortable than having to come to the the realization that no one knows what the fuck they're doing and we're just kind of spinning in, like, fucking on a rock in space. I mean, yeah, because, like, the problem with every global conspiracy is, like, that it, it has the supposition that all the governments in the world are in colludes with the, each other and they're working in sync in perfect harmony in order to actively defraud and take down the, the citizens of the world, which, you know, the biggest... Problem with that is no one fucking works together for any goddamn reason. No, like you only work with people, you know, or at least like if you think it in like a sort of 
cold, cynical, geopolitical sense. It's like, what are my interests in doing this sort of thing? And, and it never lines up with anything logical. And, and I like, I just don't understand the leaps in logic they get to where it's just like, oh, it's going to be the new world order. We're going to put our fucking chips and we're turning the fucking frogs gay or whatever Alex Jones is saying this week. But I would say, uh, Frogs, you're welcome to the next Pride Parade. Yes, Frogs, you can be gay all you want. That That's actually awesome. But I don't know. And, and, and then, of course, you know, I always say there there is the, the line of, like, anti-Semitic demarcation with any sort of conspiracy theory. Because once you cross that border into just being a bigot against Jewish people, you... You're fucked. There's no coming back from that. There's no deprogramming that <laughs> shit. You're just going to be sitting there just like... Like, these people like have such a level of detachment from reality. They think the whole world's leaders are like fucking anime villains. Yeah, when like... Yeah, there are cartoonishly evil people in the world. That's a given. But they think they're like... All but they're them. not trying to achieve human instrumentality. That's what Yeah, I'm they're saying. not fucking sealed. They're not that fucking smart. They're just like using whatever political ideals they had, like a fucking cudgel and like bashing it over the head of just like the, the world's population. Yes. And it's just like, yeah, it, no, no one is as smart or as like Machiavellian as you think they are. It's just like kind of just. Well, and, and like humans are like super fucking predictable too. Like, I mean, you can't just like act like these people are playing like 364 degree chess, you know. Needless to say, make sure you know, get the vaccine. Make sure you wear a mask in public because even if you don't, even if you don't show any symptoms of COVID, you can also pass that to people who are immune compromised. So, mm-hmm. please be responsible when you go out, the, especially the, with all the new, like the Delta variant. And I imagine it's probably going to turn into something else because no one will get the goddamn fucking vaccine. Yeah, because you know, living in Alabama, we have to struggle daily with like one living in a very high concentration of like COVID cases just in our county. Yeah. Never mind and just like Alabama has one of the the biggest spikes in COVID cases in the country. So like yeah. like every like every day is like walking on landmines. And then we found out that this that today of the day recording that there is an anti mass Trump rally happening in a county that's about an hour and a half away from us. Yeah, it's and it's just and it's unhinged. Like literally that county was like being shut down and like put into like an emergency state because there were so many COVID cases in it. Well, and it was a preemptive thing. It's like the everyone was seeing what was happening. It was like the writing's on the wall. The writing's on the wall. This is going to be a problem because all these dumbasses are all unvaccinated, and you know none of them are going to be wearing a mask at all. So it's like, and then of course you, you know to just when like. If you're still one of those people who's just like, oh, Trump's not a racist, he's not a bigot, why is this like the first rally he's had since he lost the election in Coleman, Alabama, which is a known sundown town? Like, I wish I was joking, but I'm not. Like, Because yeah, that's and, how fucked up it is around here. That That's the climate that we have to deal with. Yeah, it's... 
it's just real fucked and i don't know where we're going with this but just you know it one it's fucked and we need to reenact that scene from invincible with the big laser that shoots down from space yes <laughs> in minecraft in minecraft um <laughs> but anyway uh yeah onto lighter news outside of like covid and the world burning up <laughs> Um, JoJo Part 9 was announced officially on Tuesday that uh, Araki will be starting the publication of the Part 9 manga after a short break because Part 8 recently ended. So has the final chapter for Part 8 been released? The final chapter of Part 8 has uh, released. Or as of re- this recording. As of this recording. And according to uh, Colt, who's been reading up to date, yeah, it ends very well, but there is a significant portion of the plot that has not been addressed upon its ending. And some are speculating, going by the title Jojo Lands, that it may have something to do with multiple Jojos and different like basically um all the Jojos are, are coming together, all the Jojos are revisiting in this new part, which if it's true, it's shockingly eer- like eerily similar to our The Lads Make JoJo Part 9 episode. So you should go and check that. I forgot what number episode it was, but it's really awesome. There is another like very popular theory that the main characters would be twins when you combine their names and make JoJo, which That's is also what we did in ours. I'm just saying, I think we're on the same wavelength as already. Yeah, I think, you know, we're, we're ahead of the wave. Very now, the, it just remains to be seen... That if um, the final battle includes a Mecha Dio created from the Christo statue in Rio de Janeiro. If that happens, Pat, I want fucking royalties. <laughs> I was like, all right, Mr. Rocky. We came up with this shit first. I, I think, you know, we, we, do have, we do have some listeners in Japan, and I think one of those accounts might belong to Mr. Rocky. Which, if that's the case, I love you. We love our Japanese fans, too. And uh, by the way, the last mate, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 9, that is episode 206. 206. Exactly 20 episodes ago. Yeah, I knew it wasn't that far. It was within the last six months. Which is like, I'm still like, shit, we're over the 200 hump at this point, which is insane to me. Yeah. (laughs) Just slowing down. When you sign up for a podcast, you sign up for eternity. Yeah. And we're, we're slaves to this. We're chained to the mics. We're actually chained in the basement right now. Yep. We're actually kind of trapped in the basement because as we're recording this, there's a, a raging uh, storm outside. So like on our previous episodes, we might see the floodwaters just sort of start to seep in. Which, that's always scary when that happens. Like like on Cajun Greatness, which records here, like we're want to be attacked by different kinds of insects. Well, on this one, we're just kind of rained out. We're just being attacked by water. Oh, it, it was the summer anime episode because we recorded, recorded that during a thunderstorm. That's right. Did you literally right. hear the thunder on the air? Yeah, I, I had to miss that one. Which, which was good shit. Very good shit. <laughs> you know, we didn't, we didn't really talk about that much about JoJo and that. We just kind of went off a tangent on it. But I, I'm like I'm super excited for the new JoJo because we're getting JoJo Part Six the anime in December, mm-hmm. which uh, if you listen to certain members of the podcast it includes the best JoJo. Oh yes, Jolene Cujo. It's gonna be pretty rad. I'm thinking the Part Six manga gets a 
like a Western, like an English release. An English release around that same time, because I've already seen like sort of the, not not the pre-orders, but like basically like the placeholder bits for it. Because you know, Shonen Jump's been releasing like these compiled editions and the hardback of the JoJo's. Like they recently started Part Five, I believe, and yeah, like yeah, the yeah. collected editions coming out so soon too. Yeah, which I'm surprised that it doesn't have it. It didn't have an official English release until now, especially with the popularity of the anime. But well, I know like way back in the day, like in the the early mid two thousands, they did release part three. But I know it had a very different translation, and so it, they were they were releasing like in their like original formats, like you know nine or ten chapters, because mm-hmm. there's definitely like you know a re- this new trend of like re-releasing in like compendium or omnibus versions and that's kind of that with with like new translation and features because what little i remember of the the original english translation from jump is that because jotaro's catchphrase is yada yada it doesn't have a a direct english translation i mean basically it's exclamation of exasperation most times these days that's translated as just like good grief yeah I think, but in that original translation, it was, it was they translated as "fuck me." I, I mean, I guess, but which, which you know, like that just seems a little unnecessarily edgy. But yeah, it's kind of like how with translation, you know, it's a lot of times like interpretation. Yeah, because there are various concepts from that are only exclusive to certain languages, so it's hard to really translate them to other languages. Especially if there's not like a, like a direct one-to-one like concept, and and a lot of times it, this is it was especially bad in like scanslations, like like people who uh, do wang and all that. Yeah, so or they like take liberties with it. Like obviously it's roughly what it means, but it's kind of like too like an egregious extent. Like there's that very infamous panel from a Dragon Ball Z scanslations where. Uh, Goku is about to fire off to Kamehameha after Frieza throws away his merciful gift of energy. And it's like, fuck you, you stupid fuck. And he blasts him away, which anybody... (laughs) (coughs) Fuck you, you stupid bitch! (laughs) Was anybody who knows Dragon Ball Z, that is wildly out of Goku's character. Yeah. So, like, he he even understands the concept of fuck, let alone saying it. Because he is very much a dumb bitch. So, yeah, you, you can see how people can sort of skirt the rules and, like, the the meaning a lot of times in Translate, depending on what it is. Yeah. On Wednesday, we got a new trailer for the for the new Pokemon games, which is Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, which is an updated re-release of the original Pokemon Diamond, Diamond and Pearl. Pearl. I'm surprised they haven't done it already. I mean, because when was Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire? That was twenty. That'd be like twenty, like thirteen ish. Yeah. You know, I have a computer right in front of me. <laughs> that maybe might... I can fucking look it up if like you're looking for adult. specific dates. Yeah, and you know, it's it's taken years, like well longer than anyone that thought would actually happen. For... Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. That that sounds about. I was I was going to say twenty fifteen. They're finally doing the remakes of, of Diamond and Pearl. I know some people are a little put off by how it's kind of like done in this kind of chibi style. It's, it's, mm-hmm. It kind of seems like they took the original graphics and kind of upscaled that to 3D. Yeah. But I, th- I think it looks fine. I think it looks cute. And um, I, I don't know if I'll get Diamond and Pearl, to be honest, because like just knowing myself and how I 
I haven't finished any of the, the, the last few games, I kind of feel like it's just a, a worthwhile investment. Yeah, because, like, because I, I haven't even got Gen 8 stuff. Uh, I did Gen 7. Like, I, I got, like, a couple hours in it. I haven't picked it up with Sun. So, it's, I, I, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, it's... I'll come back to it eventually, you yeah. know, because I, I love Pokemon. Don't get me wrong, but I, I just like like you. I, I know with me, like if I'm not going to get more than like thirty minutes into a game, I probably shouldn't buy it. You know, yeah, save like, that money for something else. It's, it's, like, it's, not, it's not that I don't like it. It's just like I'm kind of not really into games as much anymore. Like obviously, I still like enjoy them, but it's kind of like as a distance. I don't know if I have if I have the interest to like sustain playing like a longer game. Yeah, well, I mean, there's definitely games I have that I'm like that with, especially with like RPGs, but there hasn't really been any RPGs that I've been wanting to play lately. Yeah. And granted, I don't really know what all is out. Like, I, I, I got, uh, Colt got me a near Replicant, which I'm excited. I just haven't, I've only barely opened. Yeah. So it's just like, uh, most of the games I've been playing, if I've been playing any games, have been fighting games lately. Like games you can that you can put pick up and put down like pretty quickly. So there's not like as much time investment in like in a single playthrough. Yeah, exactly. But I will say, Pokemon Legends Arceus got also got a, a new trailer within that same direct, and I was like, holy shit, this is definitely like the next, pardon the pun, evolution for Pokemon because mm-hmm. you have this wild, this wide open world, very reminiscent of Breath of the Wild from Legend of Zelda. And it takes place in the distant past of Sinnoh, the, the area where Diamond and Pearl takes place. Yeah. And it's this very feudal Japan-styled environment. And you, like, you when you play as your character, they have like this very ninja-esque like, wardrobe. And they went more into like the different supporting cast that, that you see across the, uh, the world. Like There's this research organization that's called the Galaxy Team that sort of alludes that this might have been like in the future... Like, somehow it's connected to the villains of the original game, Team Galaxy. Yep. So, I'm interested in that. And plus, they, probably the biggest thing from the trailer was they showed off some, some of the new Pokemon in it. was basically their regional variants, which they introduced in Sun and Moon. Yeah, and which I think that, that was a really cool idea. It, it allows them to have, like, new content for the game without making a brand new Pokemon. Yeah, because, well, and, 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 you know, like, every generation's going to have its own version, like, its own dog, its own bird, Pokemon yeah. sort of thing, so. Like, the basic mammal, the basic bird. Mm-hmm. And then, plus, it's kind of like this cool, like, what-if sort of thing, where it's like, you take, like, Snorlax, but we make him a ghost. I don't know. That's one of the most fun concepts, and, like, when I see people make up their own Pokemon OCs, because there's, like, several different, like, accounts out there, like, from Instagram to YouTube, like, you know, this is the X reason, this is the the different variants out there. And also, with the different variants, it kind of gives, like, some older Pokemon, like, a chance to kind of... Have, like, a new life. Yeah. And so, of the four that were shown, and John, I don't know if you got to see these yet. I only saw the Growlithe. So we have, first one they shown was Weird Deer, which is just um, evolution for Stantlers. It's like a deer-like Pokemon. It has this big, long, mm-hmm. like, bushy kind of beard. Like, kind of, it's very, like, regal and imposing. Yeah. So is this the first time that this Pokemon's had this evolution? No, uh, with, with Sun and Moon, they did, like, a Pokemon that had a 
an, uh, an evolution that was regional exclusive, like how in Sword and Shield, Zigzagoon had a third, a tertiary evolution, where in every other game, it only evolved once to yeah. Linen, and then and the third one, it got a third form. Mm-hmm. We're now with uh, Arceus. Chandler has an evolution. Um, they're a very basic fish Pokemon. Basculin gets an evolution called Basculesion. Looks really sick. It, it, like, I, I really like the sort of like Japanese watercolor. Yeah, it has like this like Japanese carp, like dragon motif. It's water and ghost, and its like lore is pretty cool because it. What it is, it evolved once it absorbs the spirits of the Basculin that have perished in the journey upstream. Oh wow, that's interesting. so because you see like very like stylized like ghost flames across it, and mm-hmm. it looks really cool. Yeah, and the other one is Braviary, which is like was like a a very like American themed. I mean, it's it's a ball eagle. eagle, but this time in 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 this game that it's psychic. You see like this kind of mantle of like psychic energy on on its head, kind of like gives it gives it the impression of plumage, but it's like this really big eagle with psychic powers. Which is kind of terrifying. But the biggest one that come out of, of the news was the regional Growlithe, which cute as hell. Regular Growlithe, ten out of ten Pokemon yeah. from OG Pokemon it has like it has this big fluffy uh, curly Q like mane in the front, fluffy tail, and a big fluffy like helmet on its head, like even that it obscures its eyes. Mm-hmm. And that that helmet has where it's, it's technically made of rock. So it's, it's a fire and rock typing now. Okay. And on my timeline, it has been like 70 to 80% just pure, unadulterated adoration for this cutesy little dog. Everybody loves it. Or so I thought. Because apparently on the dark and dingy parts of the internet, my cousin has been telling me that he, his feed has been nothing but just abject hatred for it why it's cute as fuck because apparently on their end of the internet people just like they ruined growl it looks ugly they massacred my boy it, it's it, oh, it, you, you know like this doesn't erase growl like og growl still a thing no it's gone now it's been thanos snapped out of existence it's only this fluffy freak now or, and they're saying shit like it's no longer viable in battle because it's four times weak to water. It's like it's, you can't even use it. The damn thing's useless. And I'm just like, how could you live in such a negative light? How can you just live in this dreary abyss? Unless you're going to be one of those fucking nerds who really gets into the competitive play bullshit, which I did at one point, and it is just, it's like fucking work. I'm like, uh-uh. Yeah, like... I, I, I play games for fun, not for this like fucking hell yeah like like you know there's people who do iv ev training i never got involved with that bullshit like i don't i don't have the interest i don't care like the the <laughs> level of actual like optimability you gain from that is very minuscule like i'm not gonna mini max some pokemon whose stats are subpar until like being like a a tank for combat like i don't care i just i just want to take the ones i like and play through the game. Hell, just doing regular leveling up to me is just like fuck. I'm so glad to do the thing now. I think it's with Sun with Sword and Shield, it's like blanket XP experience. Like like everyone gets experience even if they're not in battle. You, you don't have to use experience share anymore, I don't think. Everyone gets experience. Oh, thank which is like thank Christ. 
that that's like a, a quality of life improvement. Because like the the because the only reason you would keep like even like even let's say you have an experience share, the only reason you'd keep it to just two in your party is to extend out game time. Yeah, and just and it's just a time waster. And like I'm all for like I'm not against like grind and RPGs and stuff like that. Because that because that, that is inclement to the game. Yeah, but like. I remember, especially, like, when I was younger and, you know, would only really... You know, I had my favorites in my party that yeah. I would use. So, like, by the time you get to the Elite Four and you need, like, all six Pokemon to just be fucking bosses and you only have, at max, two... Yeah. You know, you have to spend so much time at Victory Road fucking, you know, getting everyone fucking yoked to fight the fucking elite four or whatever they're doing now yeah let the sort of the the negative nancy just sort of wallow in like their tedium because like i don't play and their pedantry yeah like i don't care about that just let me play my game and let it be fun and just kind of like you know hot take it's okay for games to be short it's okay for games to be like streamlined or linear like Mm-hmm. The, and like it's okay to play games on easy mode too like yeah. all, all those things are allowed to exist because you know not everyone's going to have the same level of like attention or uh, ability to just, just go through this multi-hour game yeah oh well, and not everybody got time for that so yeah. it's just yeah. like why like put up these extra barriers to entry for people who would normally enjoy whatever you're doing yeah it's like you're not a real fan you didn't suffer in the in the minutia like I have it's like, why do you want a fucking medal? Like, goddamn. Yeah, your purple heart for the ass whipping they're gonna catch for being <laughs> nerds, fucking nerds. But anyway, Pokemon looks awesome. Arceus is coming out in January, like really soon. Can't yeah. wait for that. And and Diamond and Pearl comes out in September, I believe. Oh, like literally in a couple weeks. Fuck. Yep. I, th- I think it's the latter end of September. Or- but you Even know, like, like, a like a little over a month, maybe. Yeah, it's which like, is like that's really soon. Holy shit! Kind of like a personal note. Uh, one of the big events for us this past week was um, our good pal and friend of the show, Lucas, finally had their art show opening. Uh, and it was fucking rad. Like, and, and and like I remember like him like when he first started sharing his stuff, and I'm like, holy shit, this kid's good. And then, like, just seeing, like, how much he's improved since then has been it, it incredible. Because like, his stuff is really fucking good. Because he was already at a very high level of skill, and just to see how even that has, like, grown is in- incredible. And for him to have this space on his own to show off what his work is, it's, you know, just, like, the, the secondhand joy to see your friend succeed like this. Exactly. And then just seeing, like, so many of the red dots where people have bought those pieces. Too. Already. Yeah, it's it's wild. We'll, we'll put a link in our, our description of this episode where um, you can go check out Luke's art. He's a fantastic tattoo artist, practicing tattoo artist, active artist, and he's a, he's, his Instagram is at underscore inkalist, I-N-K-A, L-I-S-T underscore. Awesome, awesome. Or at least that's what it was last, because he is wanting to change it pretty frequently. Well, we'll have a link in the description. Yeah, so there'll be a dedicated link down there. Probably one of the biggest events of the week, at least for us and probably a lot of other people, when we watched AEW Rampage. Last night. Uh, and one of the biggest names of professional wrestling came back after a seven-year absence, and that was CM Punk. 
is now officially all elite. elite. Yeah. And, and like I'm I'm someone who doesn't have a content you know, that much of a context for this. Even I was getting a little emotional. I was like, God damn, this is powerful shit. Yeah. Because for those who don't know, CM Punk is a is a professional wrestler. He 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 made his name in the Indies and then uh went to the WWE where he really made it made the name for himself into a, for a wider audience. But then just because how WWE is very set in their ways and just like very toxic. So it basically just beat his passion out of him. And he, and he, well, and, and then like, cause I was listening to that podcast he did with Colt Cabana, like right after that. And like how, like he had, he had been trying to get that fucking shit on his back removed and then when he went to a different doctor that wasn't employed by WWE, was like, this is like MRSA. Like, how are you not dead? Because, like, you know, shit like that's nothing to play around with. Because he basically had, like, a like very inflamed, very severe staph infection that the company doctor did really nothing for. So here, here's, like, vitamin packs to the point where he was so full of these, like, vitamin pills that he literally shit his pants on live television during the match. Yeah, and that's what happens when you take so many fucking antibiotics. You literally just fucking shit yourself. And and just, like, a very unreasonable schedule and, and sort of promising and, like, a lot of things and never keeping them and just sort of generally screwing people up with being petty, like, giving his firing papers on his wedding day. That that was like extra fucked, and no, what little I know of Vince is very much in his character to be just like insanely that, petty. Yeah, and for some reason Triple H hated him. It was weird. Like, there's a lot, there's a lot of egos involved, and like no one was really happy. So he left for several years, and he was very appropriately and understandably bitter after the fact. But then when AEW, like the only other wrestling promotion on on television blew up and came to like you know nationwide recognition even outside of just like wrestling fans he made his president know that he wanted to go here and, and like the lead up to this has been insane because it's like especially with wrestling fans who, who've known wbd and like what they're like it's like it was more or less confirmed that he was going because but like we're just so damaged and gaslit from WWE like making you feel bad for being fan and just like going against what would be an obvious good sense for business or storytelling mm-hmm. until he actually came out people weren't even sure he was gonna do it like that's how fucking deranged <laughs> WWE has made people yeah it just was like you know it's like you, I don't know it's just fucking annoying cause you know, WWE has so much good talent, and they just waste it on stupid, out-of-touch stuff that I think would be even be out-of-touch in, like, the 80s. Like, and just, like, generally being counterintuitive. Like, the, the, the simple thing of, like, letting someone win in their hometown or on their birthday. Like, it, it, was, it was a running joke that, oh, uh, so-and-so is in their hometown tonight. They're going to lose tonight. Yeah, even if it went against everything that would make sense. Because, like, literally the crowd would be on fire, we would be cheering for this person, and then, like, just to, like, cut the legs out from under everybody because, like, they have the power and be like, ha-ha, you know, they would lose. And in a, in a, usually in a fairly embarrassing fashion. Mm-hmm. Dr. Britt Baker, like, had that big match, like, the week before in her hometown. Like, they blew the roof off. And then when CM Punk came out... In like the NBA stadium in Chicago, 
like one of the biggest arenas for basketball sold out less than three weeks so when he actually yeah. came out when his music hit it was like i've been only been watching wrestling for five to six years at this point and like that is a all-time moment that was indescribable the like the level of emotion and just energy that happened on that recording yeah, and, and it was just one of those things. Like I, I was expecting them to hold on to that at least till the middle of the show, if not to the end. And you know, it starts up. We're having some issues with the the, the yeah, Spanish like, track starts. So yeah, like, it, but we're trying to get every. And then right as we get everything situated, you just hear those opening uh, notes to Cult of Personality, and you couldn't hear anything for like a solid like five to ten minutes because every. <laughs> Because people in that stadium were screaming so loud, it was deafening. And like, like, like you couldn't hear the song at all. I it, mean, it like was, we were screaming too, like because mm-hmm. like because like we like in the back of our heads we knew, but like because we were just being programmed to feel bad about being a fan. It's like <laughs> literally, there's a chance he couldn't show up. Yeah. And then when he did, we're just like, holy shit, he's there. We knew he'd be there, but here he is. Oh, my God. And, and it's so good to see, like, because before I got into wrestling, just hearing wrestling fans talk about, re- like, current wrestling, I was like, why the fuck do y'all watch it if you hate it so much? Yeah, because, like, cause like, for a long time, the WWE was kind of the only game in town, or especially on American television. And, of course, like, for those who... Are looking for it. There are plenty of other places to go. Yeah, but like you know, something that's more easily acceptable, acces- like accessible on like free television. Yeah, but just to like to see him come out and just be visibly emotional and just in awe of like his perception. It, you know, it was contagious. Like you felt it yourself, mm-hmm. Liz, who's like not really. Uh, a fan of Team Punk, like she got kind of chuffed, and just like kind of yeah. like holy shit, like you you see it in his eyes and everybody else. Because there's a very famous shot now of like one fan who is just bawling at the fact that Team Punk was returning. Like yeah. that emotion is like in disinfectious. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was so, just it does the heart good. Yeah, less than twelve hours. Those videos have like over what millions of views yeah and i mean you know we've all watched it multiple times you know even individually but yeah it's i mean it's fucking rad it's super cool and like definitely the effects of this will be felt for months to come cm punk was one of the big wrestling's biggest stars for him to be like arguably the the hot new landscape for wrestling like it's going to just change everything everyone's going to come to AEW already and now now that he's here even more so yeah, well, and the thing is, is, like, I don't know, like, I forgot what I was going to say. Fuck. <laughs> you, you know, even up till recently, like, questioning the legitimacy of AEW is like, well, can they really make it when, you know, WWE has just been so dominant for so long? It's yeah. like, you know, it can't, is the, like, can someone just, you know, break this hold they have? And by putting, by, like, you know, seemingly treating, you know, their talent with, respect that they deserve and the and, audience with respect and, too. and the audience and just putting on a great production like you know is they've been doing multiple like million viewer nights on dynamite and shit and you know i imagine they make game busters on pay-per-views yeah and like and this isn't a wrestling podcast but like for me wrestling was the first thing in my life, I feel like I had something to be, like, excited about in a communal way. Because, like, you know, when you grow up in, like, a college football town and football is, like, the big thing people, like, scream and shout and get excited over. 
for someone who's never really into that, I felt like I was wanting that, even though I just I just can never really get into football personally. But now that I've found wrestling and had had that as like be like a major interest in my life for, for the last several years, like I, I know what it's like to be decided and to scream and shout, and be like, "Oh shit, this is happening!" Like to, to have that is something really special. And that and last night was one of those moments. And it's going to be one of those things you're going to look back on. It's like I remember watching that on TV, you know, live as it was happening. And I mean, people are making fun of like you, you don't have memories of television. You you, you can't have like prominent personal memories of revolve around television shit. I say the hell with that because there've been a lot of wrestling, just wrestling moments in general. I felt like, Oh, that's just tied in my memory now. Yeah. Because like when plus wrestling, usually in the viewership is communal. Cause like we watch weekly wrestling every week with me, John, Ken, Justin, and then pay-per-views. We have like a whole gang over to watch. Like, yeah. It, yeah Cause the, uh, what was it? Double or nothing was the last one where yeah. we had, it was it was a house full of people, like you know, like fifteen people or more, mm-hmm. and then we're all just like screaming and shouting and like having a great time. So like I feel like you no know, no wrestling is important and it does connect people in a lot of ways. And I feel like the return of Saint Punk is like one of those like that is like in the the main timeline you know of wrestling history. That's definitely like a big like bookmark now. Yeah, well, and also, too, like, you know, I've seen, like, non-wrestling-related publications talk about it, too. Yeah. You know, it's had this reach even outside of wrestling. One of my favorite tweets someone was making trying to, like, articulate the, the just, like, the magnitude of this moment and, like, how people were reacting. They were trying to explain to their friends, like, you know what it was like when we were joking for years? What if they put Sephiroth in Smash Brothers? Yeah, it's kind of like that. Just how, just like the weird hype and just like, oh shit, when it happened. Mm-hmm. It was something you were like, oh yeah, let's do this. Would be fun if this happened, but secretly deep down you wanted it. Yeah, and then just the surreality of it actually happening. Yeah, it's good shit. Uh, a little preview for the AYC Network. There might be a certain other show on a, on the channel that might have a very special CM Punk themed episode coming up pretty soon so keep your eyes out for that one if you're a wrestling fan and you want to hear more people talk about their love for CM Punk and that very special night hell yeah alright we're going to take a break real quick and be right back with you Welcome back, everybody. John and I just getting back into what our weekend banter, just like all the big things and events of the misadventures therein. Yep, yep, yep. This isn't like a big weekly story, but just something I saw earlier in the week that kind of just unseated me was that apparently scientists have made like a a clone like brain tissue. So it's like it's like this active like primordial brain, but it also started to develop like eyes with it as well. You know, the image you just saw of, of the article is like this it almost looks like an egg yolk with like you know some kind of like mushy stuff in in the, in the center like these dark black eyes and like and the person who retreated it was like new terrifying consciousness just dropped pat i could have went my entire fucking <laughs> life without having to hear anything that just came out of your mouth i am terrified 
Also, I am way too zooted to hear <laughs> shit like this. All right. Yeah, because I I remembered that in the car the other day, and I was like on my way from once. Like, was that thing conscious? Was that was that thing technically alive? Probably. Just just knowing how fucking cruel and just absurd the universe is. Like, like you know, even if they couldn't detect that it was conscious, like, it was somehow still alive, and it's just like, I have no mouth, but I must scream. Oh, God, yeah. I, I, they're, they're, like, that, that is, like, a short story that has a concept that just terrifies me to my fucking core. Nah, it's pretty brutal. I remember in, in um, college, like, my freshman year of college, I, fe- I thought of a great counter to that story. It's called, I had no ass, but I miss shit. <laughs> I have no ass, <laughs> but I'm a shit. God. Oh, God, that reminds me. Three days, Grey starts playing. <laughs> It's just Come on, you can see. <laughs> just like an anime A and B, but like this like the character who has no butthole, just like ah, it's coming out of <laughs> screaming. God, that just reminds me of like of a point earlier in the week that I was remembering um, the Ripley's Believe It or Not show. Did you ever watch it? Oh, I watched an uncomfortable amount of that show. How like it was hosted by Dean Kane before he realized he was a. Right wing shithead. Wait, really? There was one in like their, and yeah, it had it had to have been that one because like Dean Kane was the host. Hold on, we looking this up. <laughs> Not that I don't believe you. I'm just trying to remember. I'm imagining you're probably remembering the show, but then like can't like picture the host. Oh, well, he definitely did one, and I think, yep, that that was the one I watched. Fuck. Because that was the one in like the that late... was Dean Cain. Like the early 2000s. And what I thought was so funny... Bruce Campbell did, did a version of it too. I don't I don't remember the Bruce Campbell one. But what I, think, I remember I was, think that one was a little later. But yeah, I, I definitely remember the Dean Cain one. God damn it. And what I thought was just so funny is like how it had like these like weird, gruesome stories. But then like, like in the corner it'd be like... In ten minutes, there's gonna be some titties, and like it, it just kept popping that up throughout the show. Like just a girl in her like low cut top, she's just like dancing around and like mushing her hair up, and like how like <laughs> how dejectedly horny you think the audience is? It's like oh god, uh, t- titties in ten minutes. Like, we just have to get through this one more story, guys. And you see a girl pull a gun out of her tits. Jesus, because it has Christ. these battle action bras. Because it, you can put a taser or like a thing of mace in it and you just see like a girl with like big tits bouncing around on the bottom corner of the screen while the interviewing with the guy with the record for least amount of faces none like, like this shot sounds like an even more fucked up version of that show mansers <laughs> you, you remember that i think that was this this was like or any sort of programming on spike tv yeah I, i'm day. thinking the, the late days of ripley's believe it or not was like the primordial version of mansur which is like here's like some fucked up weird quasi science shit but also it's girls be, jumping on trampolines yeah it's gonna be the most like sexist piece of shit ever come on TV. Yeah, like, here's a guy who had his face fall off to flesh-eating bacteria, but also there's titties coming. Yeah. Y'all hang around. Yeah, I saw a meme about that show the other day. That's why it's in my brain. 
<laughs> and it was like, will your balls explode? <laughs> Find out tonight at 10 on Mansers on Spike TV. It's like, how much doo-doo is on your toothbrush? When you drop a turd, how much is going to be back at your mouth? How big of a turd does it have to be to shoot water up your bum? <laughs> it's, like, it's just like weird fucking shit like that. Just like, how long can you go without nutting before getting laser vision? It's like, how much of your dick is hidden inside your body? Everybody's got seven inches of hidden cock. <laughs> All right, guys. Today, I'm sponsored by Brain Force Plus. <laughs> now, Brain Force Plus, it will make you this ultimate alpha male Chad, not a beta bitch cuck. All right. <laughs> You'll jump higher, run quicker, fuck harder, and <laughs> fuck faster. And think harder. <laughs> Just, oh, God. And when you nut, you can knock a fly out of the air at 50 paces. Just like, <laughs> when it goes off inside her, it's like a shotgun blast. <laughs> Jesus, honey. Guaranteed to knock the bottom out of your money back. God. <laughs> God, I just threw up in my mouth. God. That, that was the era of TV that existed in then like the mid to late 2000s. Like, and this was also the era where they would have the fucking Girls Gone Wild commercials on Comedy Central at like yeah. 3 a.m. Like, you would always have that one friend who would want to stay up, and it's just like. It's literally just like stars on the nips, dude. Like, if you have, you know, this thing called the internet. Yeah, the internet was around. You didn't have to like wait the one a.m. to watch these videos of these drunken women being like exploited, t- exploited, taken advantage of. I mean, it was from the same masterminds as Juiced. Jesus, but bringing it back to Dean Kane. Yeah. <laughs> um. There was a the most recent movie I saw him in. I I gotta look and see when this movie came out. It was one of those pure flicks movies. Yeah, it was the studio who does uh, the God's Not Dead bullshit. Anyway, our church at the time was like, "Hey, we're going to take a trip to the movie theater to see this movie that's coming out." And we're like, "Sure, whatever, cool beans." I'll go. I like movies. But, the wow, this was a lot later than I thought it was. This was 2015. Oh, wow. And it was this movie called Do You Believe? And it's kind of got a pretty solid cast. Like, Sean Astin's in this movie. The chick from Spy Girls. Alexis Vega. Wait, was this the story about the little boy who died and, like, saw heaven? No, 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 no. This is a different movie. It's basically trying to pull this, like, anthology Quentin Tarantino sort of thing where it's just, like, a day in the life of this city that has, like, if you follow, like, five or six characters as their, like, lives interact, intertwine and interact and they yeah. all find Jesus or they get run over by a car, which that is the climax to God's Not Dead. Yeah, I I mean, where where the mate, like the atheist professor gets run over and then like the preacher and his, um, his, uh, his like bro from Africa, they come down 
And he's just like, oh, man, you got to accept Jesus into your in your heart. And the guy's like, my legs are broken. Okay. And then. Like, call what, an ambulance, please. Anyway, he, he, he accepts Jesus into his heart or whatever and then dies. And then and then the fucking African preacher is like, today is a good day, everyone. And it's like, this dude just died. You fucking psychopath. Well, was, that, was that the one that also ended with a concert with the Duck Dynasty dudes on it? Yes. God. Jesus. But do you believe it was one of the ones, one of those interspersial ones? The atheist characters were like super, just like unnecessarily extra. Of course they would be. Like, and, and the whole thing is like surrounding this like hospital. Yeah. So, like, Sean Astin is the doctor, and he's just like, why do people always pray to God? I'm the one who heals them, blah, blah, blah. I mean, valid this, point. Which is like, Wow, like, if you're trying to make a caricature of atheist, you're actually doing a pretty good job in bringing up some valid points against your own religion, but whatever. But the... <laughs> and, and then there's this awfully, like, racist caricature of, like, a gang member whose name is Gangsta. It, like, I, I'm not joking. It, I'm, it's, I'm it's, that, like, not. it's almost, like, like level of minstrelly. Is, that's that bad. But one of the... On top, like besides the racism, what the one of the worst things about this movie is Dean Kane's character. He plays one of these atheist people. I might be getting my movies confused. They're all the fucking same. Yeah, they, I'm sure they all find together. Let me see. Is Dean Kane in this one? I'm on Letterbox right now. <laughs> fucking Delroy Lindo's in this movie. <laughs> like, what the fuck? No, I'm getting this confused with God. The first God's not dead. All right, yeah, because the do you believe is like the awfully racist one, and, and so is God's not dead. Like that one's also stupid, fucking racist. But Dean Kane's character in that movie, like, hold on, I, I think it's Alexa Vega's character. They're like boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever. And, well, she she's not in that one. But uh, it's some, like, like generic white woman. And <laughs> and she gets a cancer diagnosis. Yeah. And Dean Cain's like, what the fuck? Why did you get cancer, <clears throat> you stupid bitch? And it was like, what? Like, there is no reason for this, like, level of hostility coming from anyone right now. It's like, this puts a... This kills my fucking boner, lady. <laughs> you got fucking cancer. Bye. Like, you stupid piece of shit. I hope you fucking... Like die, and it, it, it was just like it was like the level that level of disgust he had in his voice. Like you got cancer, like God. Like I don't, I don't know how anyone like would have the would not have the professional integrity to just be like, you know what, Mister Director, I think this is kind of fucked. But no, 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 no one spoke up. I guess not. If I just like, I need this five hundred dollars. I guess. God, cause that reminds me of on the Dean Kane cast over here. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's an episode of Kevin Smith's Comic Book Man where he's he he's throwing a big celebration of Superman, one of his favorite characters, and he's like, "Guess what, guys? I got Superman coming through the store today." And it's like. Well, we know you're in Hollywood, but, like, who, what actor did you get? Because, you know, everyone knows George Reed dead. 
Yeah. So like they're going down the list, like all these characters, all these actors of who played Superman over the years. They're playing coy with it the whole time. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking in my head, like who else has played Superman? And like it's not George Reeves, it's not Brandon Ralph. I think like Christopher Reed, Christopher Reed. Excuse me, George Reeves was is when I get it to. It's like is it fucking Ben Affleck because he played Superman. And that Hollywood Land movie where he played George Reeves, the, the original actor for Superman, who like may or may not have killed himself or have been murdered, no one knows. Yeah. Now then, then like the big reveal, it's fucking Dean Kane who showed up at the comic book store. I'm like, hell, I could get Dean Kane to show up to my house, wave twenty dollars out the window, he come cut my grass. It's just like what the fuck, man. And, and then on top of that, he's like a weird Christian too, and, just- and like obviously the level of Christian that's like you know fuck science, fuck you know any sort of sensibilities. And yeah. It's- so like obviously, if if he was just a Christian, no one would care. But he's just making an ass out of himself, being like this very like stupid right wing asshole. Yeah, he's part of the like evangelical <laughs> right, which is just why why would you choose to be that level of an asshole? I don't know. But yeah, he was he was the host of Ripley's Weird Night for a minute. I, I guess that was before I knew who he fucking was. Because I remember watching the yeah, Superman and Lois show like when I was five years old. God, because it came on what, like the early 90s? Early or, 90s. Or mid-90s. Yeah, like TNT. It had yeah. Terry Hatcher on it. She played yeah. Lois. Let, let, let's see. It was Superman and Lois. Yeah, the Adventures of Superman and Lois. Not the new one, you stupid. With um, Tyler Hecklin. Also, apparently Tyler Hecklin had a, has a fucking donk. On that Superman show, has a donk. Yeah, like big fat ass in, as Superman. So ninety three to ninety seven. Yeah, it lasted long four seasons. Holy fuck! I feel like this is as much time as anyone has ever talked about Dean Kane. Any uh, given on, a, on anything, like, <laughs> even like like channels that like exclusively cover like shitty like Christian propaganda movies. Don't talk about Dean Cain this much. God. This is a fucking world record for the show. Like, how long? It's like, Guinness, we calling you up. Like, <laughs> what's record you want to set? The longest anyone's ever talked about the actor Dean Cain. We actually get a spot in the Ripley's Believe It or Not Almanac. That would be fucking funny. Right next to the lady who could pop her eyeballs out really big. God, that was unsettling to me as a kid. Oh yeah, it's like no, that's not that's not what that's supposed to do. But or the guy who like shot milk out of his tear ducts, or the guy who I think it's the same guy who who was who able to push a popcorn kernel out of his tear duct. Do you ever see that? Uh no. Oh no. Oh, one of my favorite like freaky bits was the guy who like who who squeezed himself through like. The hole of a tennis racket. No. Yeah, I, I think someone passed out during like the live demonstration of that because like he has to dislocate his arm. So when he got one through, he just like it's just flinging limply. And I think so. Like a lady passed out <laughs> in the audience watching it. It was pretty surreal. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> as as John sort of disassociates from this image I put in their head. <laughs> but anyway, more positive things. I went on a little toy adventure earlier today oh yeah i went to walmart to, get, to pick up some groceries for my parents and you know i always go check out the toy aisle whenever walmart target just to see what they have and i will say i was surprised by target because we you know we live in a college town school starting back all the aisles are blown out everything's gone apparently even the toy aisle because like the, all the transformers and power in your toys gone barren 
just like naked pegs on the wall. Yeah. Like, and anytime you like go to try getting like AEW action figures, they're never there. No. It's just like, why do I even try? When I went to Walmart, I noticed an unusual thing. I noticed several of the toys there were missing their heads. Yeah. Do you see these like oversized action figures, which are just sort of open air and you can just like touch and play with a little bit outside of the box but in case you don't know there's something of a tiktok trend that people would steal the heads off these sort of open air action figures as like clout i guess be like hey look at this look what i stole in you know in public it started i'm pretty sure with LeBron James dolls that released with the new Space Jam people were stealing exclusively LeBron James dolls heads and then that now that sort of escalated to like any open air doll they they can just pop the head off and run away with why I guess it's sort of like this is the modern day equivalent of teenagers stealing like street signs for like you know social cred it's like look look what I stole and ain't that a badass or if you want to play in a hard mode you steal the head off a toy that's in a box and then put the toy back inside without cluing people in that you had, like, taken the head out. I saw a Batman, like, a boxed-up Batman toy that, like, was its head was gone. Really? Like... I don't know where this... I mean, I know it's from TikTok. But I don't know who started it or, like, how it's now propagated to just, like, like an open challenge for, like, kids to just steal the heads off of dolls. I feel like... And I under I hundred percent mean this that TikTok was a mistake. <laughs> but Jonathan, it's the it's the hottest growing social media. Everything wants to be TikTok. I mean, there's a girl whose TikTok was so famous she got cast in a movie with no prior acting experience. I mean, yeah. But Twitter's really popular too. And Twitter was definitely a mistake. <laughs> Like, I think the world, like, I think we would have solved climate change by now if Twitter didn't exist. But how would we know about climate change if it wasn't for Twitter? Everybody knows all credible information comes from Twitter now. All, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of stuff I genuinely learned thanks to Twitter, and I appreciate that. But also, at the same time, I kind of feel like I'm just overloaded with just, like, bullshit. Oh, yeah, because anyone could say anything. So it was like, did you know in... This far-flung island in the middle of Pacific, they blah, blah, I don't know. It's some bullshit, but they they say it with, like, an authority enough where people's like, you know, that sounds credible. I'm not going to fact-check that, even though Google is literally, like, five seconds away. Or make you feel ashamed for not knowing about X tragedy in the world, even though you, you literally had no idea it existed until, like, the second you read this tweet. Yeah, because it's not like every tragedy is, like, you know... Like, obviously, people are suffering, and that sucks, but, like, there's only so much that you can personally contribute to help with. Well, and there is such a thing as, like, uh, sympathy fatigue, where, you know, you're you're on social media all day, you're just scrolling, and all you're seeing is, like, bad news. It's like, take a look what's going on in the Middle East, or, like, what's going on in China, or even, like, in our country, like, in, like rural inner city areas at the border and shit like that. It's like, and, and, and it's sort of like you, you only like, you're like, you only have enough emotional capacity for so much. Yeah. And I think people, I wish people would be a little more sensitive to that. And especially when like people like have like, it, it's their, it's their business. They can do what they want, but it's almost like, is this really your place to get this like self-righteous about the certain thing that's going on in the, 
like in a fairly obscure part of the world. And like obviously it's good that you know these things are being brought to light and and obviously there's a lot of things that mainstream media will just purposely exclude and not talk about. Yeah. And like they it should be brought to someone's attention but like I think people should be kinder to themselves in general but also realize that you personally can't help everything. You can you know you There's help. only so much you individually can do. Yeah. And like you you shouldn't feel bad for not being able to like help every single cause you help what you can with with the resources you have and 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 the thing is is there are a lot of people around you who need help like it's better to spend your energy helping those that are closer to you to where you can have a direct impact on someone's life in a positive way versus you know fretting over you know some stuff you read about on twitter yeah and 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 i'm also talking to myself because i'm guilty of it too yeah but i'm I'm not trying to act like i'm holier than that yeah we're we're definitely not trying to take a moral high ground to people who take a moral high ground (laughs) yeah it's just more like commentary on the matter and like you know realizing that twitter like you said it it can can introduce a lot of new things and a lot of cromulent ideas from people in very specific circumstances who know that best but also at the same time, it's good to know that like Twitter isn't God. It isn't like this moral high ground. Like it isn't this big brother. Like you can you can take a lot from it and it be valuable to you. But it isn't something like this all knowing omnipotent eye that's judging you for, for not doing or thinking or saying a certain thing. Yeah, and I'm talking to myself here too. <laughs> yeah, like and, and you know, and I think people just need to realize that you know Twitter just sucks. <laughs> it really does because. It, it, it removes all context, all nuance, and I, I think people are also unfortunately quick to burn someone at the stake without having all the information, too. So, like, anytime there's like, oh, this person has said this thing, I'm like, okay, I want to look into this more. Versus, like, my automatic reaction be like, fuck that person! And, and most of the time, usually what they're getting canceled for, they they deserve it, you know, because yeah. they'll... they'll have said or done some fucked up shit, but there, you know, there are also times where like some things get blown out of proportion, and I think people get uh, portrayed in like a uncomfortable, uh, unfair light, an unfair light, yeah. Because like, I, I think a Twitter is just like this rapidly moving stream, so like you know, point will come across, and then by the next day, it's like miles down the river, and so. While there is a lot of good, valuable, pertinent information, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that kind of it's, you're just overwhelmed with. And you know, back in the day, when you people would read the newspaper or, or watch the news, there would only be so much information or so many stories in a day because, like, not really that much happens in a day. But we know now with this Twitter and this sort of globalization and, and like easy access to a vast amount of information at all times. Like it's overwhelming. So there's we're living in an age where human beings are can't match the speed of technology. Yeah. So the content you're receiving, the news and everything, that's sort of just overwhelming. So there's literally no one, no way one human being can like keep track of everything. All news, good, bad, indifferent, like real world or just like humor or entertainment. Like it's just, human beings can't can't contain all this information. So mm-hmm. like if you don't know this thing, don't feel bad. If you don't feel this way, don't feel bad. It's just like you you take in exactly what you need to. You do what you think is right. You do the best you can. That's all you can ask. Exactly. And I apologize. This episode has been kind of a downer. <laughs> it's really gone some peaks and valleys, hasn't it? Yeah. 
But, uh, I mean, I guess if we want to keep it depressing, I started reading Goodnight Pun Pun this week. Oh, how uh, traumatizing was that? Uh, so far, not the worst. It's not even so much, like, any, like, individual, like, plot point that happens. It's more so just this sinking feeling. You that get. something will happen. Yeah, it's like you take like silly putty and stretch it, but the silly putty is depression and anxiety. And then when it finally stretches so thin, it, it breaks. You're like you know it's going to happen, but when is that break going to happen? Yeah, you're just waiting in anticipation. And not to say that any of the shit that I've read right now that hasn't been fucked up. There's been like a lot of stuff where I'm like, woo, that's a lot. <laughs> but you know, I just turn into Ric Flair all of a sudden. Woo. <laughs> That's how it yeah, is. Yeah, a pun pun just busted Jonathan wide open. Woo! <laughs> you just have like the the red mask and your forehead's just like, like gushing blood. Yeah, so. Also, I got a Transformer. Oh, what Transformer did you get? Let's see. Showing them live. Okay, that's sick as fuck. Yeah, I'm showing John a new Transformer I got. Uh, rebounding. We have a Transformer called Paleo Trex. It is a. New line of Transformers from the Kingdom War for Cybertron line. Basically, it's a, it's a Transformer that looks like a T-Rex fossil. And it's pretty sick. It, this, this has been like It's a, metal as fuck. Like, this is kind of like the line of Transformers that kind of got me back into collecting toys. Because, like, you know, I always had a fondness for Transformers. But then, like, what if we took Transformers and made them dinosaurs, but also skeleton dinosaurs? It's, it's fucking awesome. And plus, there's this cool bit where you see his head is scary, then boop. A He's face. got another face inside yeah. his face. He has like a little battle face. And what's extra cool about this line, not only does it transform between like a, a humanoid form and, and like their dinosaur robot form, but also just the fossilizer line that you can take them apart and they can be used as accessories for other Transformers. Oh, okay. As seen at the back of the box. Okay, that's, that's cool as fuck. That's sick. And like the very like creative and enterprising fans that they'll like kit bash like several of these. And so these like these these great big like fuck all OC creations of like you know several inches tall like these like badass looking like wars just made of like heaps of bones. It's really cool what people were able to like put together just from like playing with the different parts and pieces. God, I just remember I mean, anytime I got a transformer as a kid. Just, like, getting frustrated with transforming it and just, like, fuck this shit. <laughs> I think right now I have, including this one, four Transformers now. Because I grew up in the Beast Wars era, so I have a really mm-hmm. uh, strong fondness for that one. So I have um, Black Arachnia, I have the Triceratops Fossilizer, and now I have Paleotrex. And I forget his name, but he's vaguely anim- animalistic. But basically, he's a regular kind of like G1 style robot. But his alt form is, it looks kind of like a an animal. It's kind of like hunched over, bipedal. Apparently, it's supposed to be an ogre, quote, quote. But like his character is that, like he's Decepticon, so he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But he apparently, he's rock dumb, just wants to please people. He secretes this like smelly ooze, like unconsciously so like he's really smelly and sad because no one wants to like have him on their team but he just really wants to to do a good job for people that's kind of depressing pat but also kind of i don't know endearing that's kind of why i picked him too hell yeah because i got him at like magic cd con 
Like on, on a con weekend two years ago, and I bought mm-hmm. two more transports on our last con weekend. Oh god, yeah that that was that was a fun weekend. I was looking forward to going to more cons this year, but like with lockdown part two kind of rearing its ugly head, I don't know if we'll get to. But I'm glad we got to go to the Magic City when we did. Yeah, that that was so much fun. And I guess before we leave, I guess I got one more thing to talk about. Sure, go ahead. And uh, recently been getting back into fighting games. Yep. I started with uh, getting Guilty Gear Exerd, and that, and I got I got that for the PlayStation. Uh, right, you know, it went on sale because you know it was Strive was about to come out, and then I uh, on the Nintendo eShop had a sale on the Street Fighter Anniversary Collection. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck this shit. I'm gonna buy it. So I've been playing a lot of Street Fighter, and I forget how fucking hard Street Fighter is. <laughs> it is some bullshit. And, like, the only one I'm, like, relatively, like, decent at is the one that everyone says is the hardest, which is Third Strike. Really? Yeah. Like, And, and it's definitely unforgiving with, like, your button inputs. You have to be pretty precise with it. But it, it moves at, a, like, a faster pace than especially like a lot of the street fighter twos like even like hyper fighting and turbo they still move a little too slow for me yeah so it's just yeah you know trying to figure out you know frames and stuff like that is a little harder when i'm used to newer games but third strike has been a lot of fun and it has a lot of characters like i'm not super familiar with because i'm more familiar with like street fighter uh Two and then the base Street Fighter Four. Yeah, because those were the ones I played the most growing up. So a lot of like the Third Strike and Alpha exclusive characters, I I wasn't super familiar with. But like Third Strike has some good ones. Like this this is the game that introduces like Dudley, who's like this British boxer. Yeah, he's the one that's kind of like dressed like a butler a little bit. Yeah. He's really he's really cool. The quote main like character for that game is this guy Alex. He kind of has like a professional wrestler build. Yeah, like I, I was showing you that clip earlier, the character doing the DDT. Yeah, yeah, that that was Alex. Yin, uh, or is Young and Yang, and they're these twin uh, Hong Kong siblings. Yeah. And, and then, you know, they have, like, more, like, a traditional, like, martial arts fighting style. And they are just fucking OP as fuck. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, especially Yun, the guy with the baseball cap. He yeah. he goes... He's probably, like, the one of the best characters to play. And, and Chun-Li, who is my main in most Street Fighters, is broken as fuck. Just, like, holy shit. But, yeah, I, I, like, get... <laughs> Getting back into Street Fighter made me remember. It's like, oh fuck yeah, this was a lot harder than I, you know, than I remember. Because like I remember like our um our Guilty Gear nights from earlier in the year. That was a lot of fun. We need to do that again. Because like we talked. Hell, if you want to do it tonight, I think that would be cool. Because we talked earlier between us that like maybe having like fighting in tournaments to how because we have like we were like permanently borrowing Shimmy's like Xbox and he has a few fighting games in there that we that yeah, we, that yeah, we, we, we had uh, some Dead or Alive uh, which that one I think we we were playing Dead or Alive three and that one's really fun I remember I feel like I had more I've had more luck success with Guilty Gear because like I remember really floundering with Dead or Alive. Yeah, it's definitely a... I, I don't know. Uh, I meant to pick up 
they had the fuck all edition of Tekken 7 on sale. I don't think they're doing that anymore, but I would love to get into Tekken. Yeah. Uh, I know Soul Calibur was a big one for us. Oh, I remember, like, the Soul Calibur two days and what we wore that out, at least, like, me and my cousins. Yeah. Uh, that was a big one. It, it, if it wasn't two, it was four for us. Uh, that was the one that had Vader and Yoda in the Xbox version. I'm looking at the roster for Third Strike. I remember you showed me Alex and Dudley and Elena, like, long-ass lambs Elena. Yeah, she she's from a Kenya and using like an African like a tr- more traditional African fighting style. I, I like she's we she controls weird for me. Like I'm not used to it. So, but like if you you, you watch like high level play of people who know what they're doing, it, it's fucking crazy. There's one character in it. I oh Q. I think mm-hmm. Q's my favorite character. You know, I, I haven't played it, but like I really like Q. He's the guy in the trench coat, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like and like as a Toku fan, I'm drawn to him particularly because he's very clearly based off the main character from the Showa era Tokusatsu show, Robot Detective K. Okay. That was probably like a deliberate reference then. Yeah, I mean, it looks almost exactly like him in terms of design. Like, it, the only <laughs> yeah. thing that's different is that in Robot Detective K, like, the face is pretty similar to this blue. Is that because, like, he's a robot and he's trying to, like, approximate human behavior to like endear himself to man because like he wants to like he genuinely wants to help people and like assimilate but like he doesn't quite get it so he's wearing like this very loud like red suit coat and like a big red like a red paper boy hat so okay. like he's garishly dressed but he's like <laughs> unfailingly polite yeah and then like when like the bad guy is like a a monster that's made of a stack of magnets and it's just like time to go in the battle mode he starts shooting rockets hell yeah which, Robot Detective K, it's a fun time. Uh, go check it out on YouTube. The okay. whole, I think the whole series is on there. Yeah, there. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll need a... Uh, do you still have the the uh, thing that you can put your Joy-Cons in to make a... Controller? Yeah. We need to do that soon. Yeah, I think that'd be a good time. And, and I would also like to uh, play, <laughs> you know, play games like Street Fighter 2 where the computer isn't just, like, unforgiving. And, like, I turned the difficulty down street biter turbo and apparently that was a problem with the game because they were using a specific rom of an a set of arcade cabinets where the difficulty was just busted as fuck that's the one thing i remember like one that really stands out about a lot of these like classic fighting games is that how like fucking broken the ai is for like Mm -hmm. a lot of these games like snk was really bad about that yeah. Especially what came to their bosses or like Magneto and that what was it, that one game Marvel versus Capcom. Marvel versus Capcom or X Men versus Street Fighter. Yeah, or even hell the X Men fighting game, Children of the Atom. Fuck. Because it was that that led to Marvel versus Capcom versus X Men and Marvel versus Capcom. I I played a lot of that game as a kid. That yeah, because they had Marvel they had X, Capcom versus X goddamn Capcom versus X Men cabinet at um john would know this vision land yep vision land is like the former name of alabama's like one uh theme park it's it, called alabama adventure now and, and it's predominantly a water park now because yeah. the water park was the thing most people went to yeah yeah like i i remember and i'm just not a huge fan of like crazy roller coasters yeah but they had this really cool star wars ride that i just shit my pants when i was a kid i was like uh-uh 
No more. No more. So we mostly just stuck to the water park. Yeah, because that, that's where everybody went. I know when my family, uh, extended family, would get season passes, like we always went to the water park. And I think uh, there was a time uh, where the our thrift store had a like X Men versus Street Fighter yeah cabinet. I remember playing playing the fuck out of that. It was, it was so fun, and, and it's got it has got me wanting to get into some like more of the obscure Capcom fighting games like like Darkstalkers and games like that. Like, oh yeah, I, I, I love the I love like the their sprite work. Some of the best. It's like, like so detailed and like there's like all these like very circumstantial like sprites that'll come up just for like a, like a brief animation or like an attack and like it's or like there's one move that affects every character a little differently and how how they respond to it and like mm-hmm. just the level of detail they poured over in Dark Stalkers is just crazy. Yeah, like just uh and in, in the Marvel the early Marvel versus Capcom games because I got into three for a while. And that uh, that game is fun, but like I remember playing MVK two or MVC two, and it was so good. It had like so many fucking characters. Yeah, it was fucking great. And then like with Capcom, they have like some really out there fighting, like fighting. I games. want that fucking JoJo fighting game they did. Yeah, where like, it's just part three, but like it it it, it looks so good. It came out like the like 99. Yeah, cuz it's like for the original PlayStation. Mhm. But let's see how much it is. God, probably too much. See. Like hundreds of dollars. Like just like some other ones like there's like Tech Romancer, which is like a mech fighting game. Yeah. And like like there's just like so many crazy fighting and all just like dripping with like character and personality like god i just i just love uh the art director who did the concept art or the character art for the all the capcom fighting games like bengus like all-time artists you know uh, there's a reason why everybody parodies or like does like their versions of the the street fighter poster everybody's sort of facing toward each other but yeah you for an english uh jojo's bizarre adventure capcom game you're looking at minimum five fifty, if not six hundred. Yeah, so that then, is fucking ridiculous. So that's not happening. And, and then because Sony fucking killed the PlayStation Store, you there that was the only way you could do it. You know, officially anyway. Yeah, and I know a lot of people really love the newest like Killer Instinct. People say this newest Tekken is the best, and Tekken was was definitely one of the ones I wanted to get into, but just for some reason never did. Because because with us it was either it was mostly Mortal Kombat, but you know Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, or mostly anime fighting games. Let's be real. Yeah, I know with my family it's like a lot. Like, for years, it was the Dragon Ball Z fighting game, and then it went to Naruto. I don't think we ever got that one Bleach one. I just feel kind of cheaped out that my friend group, when we were coming up, it was exclusively Smash Brothers. That's all we, obviously, the only fighting game we ever played. And, like, don't get me wrong, I enjoy Smash Brothers, but, like, it, it, it was to the point I have no urge to ever buy a Smash Brothers game because I played so much of it as a teenager. Like, I don't ever feel the need to own it and like no matter what i can i can never convince someone to try something else it was only smash brothers and it's not to shit on smash brothers i love smash brothers i have ultimate like it's it's my favorite 
I, I get hype every time there's a there's a direct with the Smash stuff in it. But like it's a, it's a very myopic worldview, and the only fighting game you ever play is Smash Brothers. Mm-hmm. I'm all because every game, various games have different mechanics, and I I don't know because I'm just like a fucking nerd. So like I love those really technical ones like <laughs> Street Fighter, like Guilty Gear. God, the me discovering Guilty Gear, I was like, this is fucking perfect where has this been my entire fucking life yeah and i love over the top shit in general mm. but i just love how fucking bonkers and batshit guilty gear is like having someone try to explain the story of guilty gear they automatically look like charlie from it's always sunny with the fucking cork board like i swear to god man all i know is my main and they better put her fucking strive or else I'm probably not going to buy it. <laughs> Which is a lie. I'm going to buy Strive eventually. <laughs> but I'm not going to be happy about it. I yeah, mean, even though this game has been out for like months at this point. But uh, it's fucking biking. My fucking big titty, one-armed samurai lady who would crush my face. Hell yes. There's a guy who swings a coffin with an alien from Area 51. And is the president of the United States. What the fuck? Yeah, what? Like, it, like he he's a character I've been seeing a lot from the new Guilty Gear, and it's like, mm-hmm. I want to main him. He sounds rad as fuck. And you know he's going to be, like, one of the hardest fucking characters to play. Oh, yeah, because, like, it's funny how, like, the, like I, I'm not a great skill-level gamer. I just kind of, I, I do what I can. I feel like I gravitate toward games that are just harder to play. Like, I I found, like, a certain way, a rhythm that I get into a Guilty Gear. I have a really strong fondness for Bloody Roar, and that game's not super intuitive, at least not for me. Bloody, which one was that? Bloody Roar was the fighting game where you turned into anthropomorphic animals and fought. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I remember it. I haven't played it. I don't know. Like basically, the storyline is: what if Resident Evil and X Men combined their respective plots into something batshit crazy? That sounds fucking rad. And like, also one of the bad guys looks like Maximilian Pegasus, who turns into a cyborg dragon. That's sick as fuck. Yeah, it's it's real sick. But <laughs> you get my boy. And I remember seeing like the combos to do shit. I was like, that's some fucking witch shit. I don't know how they manage that. God, that, that's like Marvel versus Capcom combos, where you can do like like if you like throw them in the air and you start juggling, you can you can literally like take someone from full health to dead in like 30 seconds <laughs> it's wild and i got to where i could start one of those but once you start getting into like all like canceling and re, you know resetting i'm like i do not have the fucking neural pathways to do this shit. <laughs> like i gotta activate the fucking sharing gun to get this shit going <laughs> God, got the fucking renegons like y'all fuck now, boy. This is like almighty push. Boom. God, that for me, that was like the last like no really like fantastic arc of Naruto. Yeah, uh, like uh, that's still an all time moment for me in anime and manga reading. It's like when the motherfucker pulled down the meteor from fucking space and they'd be like oh, Madara yeah and then the, like, the Suchikage is like and, and it's this big ordeal and then he's like ooh I stopped the meteor and, and he's like what about the second one and a second goddamn meteor <laughs> crashes into and, the back like, of the first one thousands of people die like 
I don't care. Hype is fucking moment in Naruto. Oh yeah, it was hype as shit. And like, like the intelligent part of my brain does not like Madara because he is just that stupidly op. Yeah, like he, like he's broken as fuck. So because broken that the the creator of Naruto had to think of another villain to show up because he wrote himself into a corner and how to beat mm-hmm. him. Exactly because, but like the like the fucking dumbass dumb bitch part of my brain's like that's fucking hot. <laughs> when like the fuck when the monkey part of your brain's like yeah fuck give me digits that summon fucking meteors. <laughs> He's like he's not really alive either. It's like what the fuck? It's like this like this like revenant zombie ninja that's just cutting swaths through like ninja armies. Well, and the thing is, is like like Naruto animation was like not the greatest, but they held out for some of those fights, like yeah. the shit with pain. That one scene where, like, fucking Madara is literally, like, cutting through, like, thousands of motherfuckers. Like, when his eyes are, like, zipping all around. Like, <laughs> uh, like, he he's just doing, like, advanced calculus in his head. <laughs> like, just fucking lines of code just come across the screen. Like, he sees the Matrix. He's like, and he kills, like, 10,000 people. Yeah, motherfucker like goddamn Neo. And, 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 and he's just clowning on him, too. It's not like, <laughs> he, he's just like... Fucking punch, punch, break neck, you're dead. No, he would, like, be purposefully cruel. Like, take those, like, those paper bombs, like, strap them to people. Like, pull them, like, kick them away as they, like, fucking explode. Yeah, like, he was, like, being, like, malicious as fuck. Just, like, what? What What are y'all going to do? God, that's good shit. Alright, well, I think we ran the gamut today. We talked about a week and talked about everything else in between, so I think this is another Top Knots Banner episode. What do you think there, John? I think it was, maybe. I don't know. It's like I was there for like half of it. Uh, I'm here, and I'm sorry for being depressing, everybody. I'll try not to be next episode. Hey, uh, you're you're just feeling what you're feeling right now, and that's being honest. We talk about what comes to mind, and we, we did. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Yay. And the horny. No. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. That biking talk, though. Uh, but it's kind of like Wenzel said, you know, where he's just like, it's more like adoration, like, hell yes, you were awesome. Yeah, uh, but also, like, yeah, I, I totally appreciate this character on a purely artistic level and also don't look under the table. <laughs> but uh, thank you all so much for listening today. We hope you had a great time because we certainly did. Be sure to follow us wherever podcasts are found on that Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, all those places, wherever podcasts are found. Be sure to like, rate, review, subscribe on all those platforms. Helps us out, keeps us visible, puts it in front of new listeners, and we always appreciate you when you do it. Five stars, reviews, all that good stuff. Coming up on the Greater AYCH Network, on Tuesday, you can look forward to an interview where Tanner talks to one of the AYCH originals, and that's good old Ground Beef Cody. <sighs> I'm sorry, I was straight up disassociating. <laughs> and right as I was coming back into my own body, I, all I heard was you describing Cody as ground beef. What? That's like deep magic. That's like one of the first bits from the podcast. Cody was called Ground Beef Cody. I mean, I'm the only one who keeps up with the lore of this show. Apparently. I, I goddamn. Well, it's because you're just like those fucking sports announcers <laughs> who are like, this is the sixth time on the blue moon in October that this per that anyone has ran for over two thousand yards in a season. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> what the fuck? It is the most like random ass shit too. I'm just like, at least Pat's keeping up with it. Yeah. Because I just, I don't even know where to begin. And stuff. <laughs> it's like, like that. I can't be bothered. No, it's not that. I just don't have the like mental capacity to. I'm a dumb bitch. That's what I'm saying. It's just like who needs like like history or science when you just have like the narcissistic rememberings of like your own show. But anyhow, uh, yeah, look forward to uh, for that on Tuesday, Tanner's interview with Cody, and on Thursday with Craig Cajun Greatness. You can look forward to a special uncaged episode, a little, a little more informal on an already very informal show, where we, instead of talking about a Nick Cage movie, we each come up with a Nicholas Cage themed restaurant. Yes, and it is very fun. We also seem like we're in a hurry because this was rec- that was recorded yesterday to this recording. When CM Punk debuted. Yeah, because that, that episode AEW. was recorded the same night that CM Punk was going to come out on AEW. And uh, we were just sort of keeping an eye on the clock to make sure we got our bits in and it still got up in time to, to catch the show. But, but that was, that's very fun. Please go out and check that out when it when it arrives. And lastly, you can follow me, Patrick, on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. John lost his name in my art on Facebook. John lost his name, Mark. Uh, my name is John. You can follow me on Twitter at J-O-N-I-I-B-Y-24 and John Nunson12 on Letterboxd. All right, thank you all so much for listening. Come back next week when we have our annual summer wrap-up show. So talk to you soon, and y'all have a good night, and be careful. The one thing that me and CM Punk have in common is I shit my pants.